So we're constantly caffeinated, and now we're just walking around like this little sleep-deprived caffeine zombie. This is your host, Victoria Ray. I am a certified transformational nutrition coach and expert in the areas of mental wellness and nutrition. This podcast is to provide you with the tools and knowledge that you need so you can live a healthy and natural life in this crazy world full of absolutely crazy stuff that we would not normally encounter in nature um, or even encounter a few years ago. And today we're going to touch on how interacting with some of these things in our daily life is affecting your sleep quality and causing you to feel tired like (laughs) all the time, regardless of how much caffeine you're consuming. So good morning or afternoon to all of you, wherever you are in the world right now, um, whenever you're listening to this also. So maybe it's not afternoon, maybe it's not morning at all. Maybe it's like a midday or something. I don't, I don't know. Whatever time, location. I hope that you're having a freaking good one of whatever it is. And I hope you got some really good sleep last night, but I honestly wouldn't be surprised if you told me that you didn't, (laughs) or if you said that you're not sleeping well at all and you haven't been sleeping well at all for a while. And the reason I'm not surprised by this is because sadly, this is very common. We you know, we're trying to get sleep. We're trying to go to bed, maybe not like at a decent hour, but we're trying to get good sleep when we are sleeping. And this is something that's just not happening for us. Either we can't fall asleep or we're just sleeping like total shit. And then we get up in the morning and we are exhausted. Like, did we dream last night? Did we not dream last night? Or did we sleep so poorly that we just never entered into that REM cycle and we never got that deep sleep that our body needs? And this is a very real possibility. And this also explains partially a lot of why we don't feel rested when we're waking up in the morning. So what are we going to do first thing in the morning? you know, because obviously we have to go to work or we have to go to school or we've got something that we have to do. We're probably going to go and grab an energy drink or, you know, maybe a super caffeinated coffee or some variation of this thing in the hopes that we're going to stop feeling so fatigued, right? So let's say that we do go grab an energy drink. Um, this one shall remain nameless, uh, but we're going to grab the one with 300 milligrams of caffeine. And I know that you guys know which one I'm talking about. Now for males and females, uh, the dosage on caffeine is a little bit different and 300 is actually the max you should be consuming a day if you're female. I'm not saying go out there and consume 300 milligrams because you're female. I'm saying this is literally the maximum amount of caffeine that you should be consuming in a single day. For males, you guys can get away with a little bit more at 400 milligrams, but do we really want to be maxing out our daily dosage the first thing in the morning? If we have a cup of coffee, 
uh, we're going to get anywhere from about 60 to 120 milligrams of caffeine, depending on the type of bean and, you know, how it's prepared. And this is something I actually found really, really interesting is your body can actually tell the difference between if you're drinking coffee because you feel like you need it, like it's uh, an addiction, or if you're doing it as part of a daily ritual. And when you do it as part of a daily ritual, you're actually getting more health benefits physically from the coffee and also mentally since rituals have been shown to have a positive impact on your overall well-being. How interesting is that? So instead of you know, waking up first thing and making this cup of coffee and downing it on my way while I'm driving in traffic and like yelling at people. Um, what, who am I kidding? I don't do that. I don't yell at people in the car. No, never. Actually I do. No, 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 I don't. What? But (laughs) let's say we're just like drinking this coffee and we're like angrily driving. And like, that's, that's not ritual. That is a, that would be like drinking coffee out of habit. But if you wake up in the morning, let's say you give yourself a little bit extra time, um, because I know you've got places to go, places to be. If you wake up maybe 10, 15 minutes earlier and you can make your coffee and you can sit down with it and you can just like, you know, mentally prepare yourself for the day, emotionally prepare yourself for the day, um, and make this a ritual that you're doing, or maybe you're, you have time in the morning and you're making your coffee and you're just enjoying it. That is actually completely different than if you are just consuming it as an addiction, which is, you know, pretty interesting. Like I said to me that our, our brain knows the difference. So, you know, now replace coffee with tea. Um, you can do the same thing. Wake up in the morning, have yourself a nice cup of tea. Um, you know, the point here is that you're drinking the coffee as a ritual, not doing it from habit or addiction. So, okay. Anyways, back to our 300 milligram drink energy drink situation. So we just drank this right now. We've got energy for how long? Well, the half-life of caffeine is eight hours. So let's say that we drank this at 7am. Now it's 3pm and we've got 150 milligrams of caffeine still left in our system. Okay. Fast forward eight hours later. Now it's 11 PM and we've still got 75 milligrams of caffeine in our body, just floating around in there doing caffeine things. And we're trying to, most of us are trying to sleep, like unless you work night shifts, but if you work night shifts, I don't know why you'd be drinking, you know, 300 milligrams of caffeine at 7 AM. So let's say you're working a normal shift and whatever, and you're, you're trying to be in bed, you're trying to sleep. You still got 75 milligrams of caffeine floating around in there, keeping you awake. So we're wondering why we can't fall asleep. And caffeine is a stimulant and it will absolutely affect your sleep. It does. It has a direct impact on your body's ability to go into deep sleep and it can cause you to not fall into your REM cycle at all, which is going to lead to you being sleep deprived. And then what are we going to do? In the morning, we're probably going to grab another energy drink because we're going to be tired because we didn't sleep well. And eight hours from 11 p.m., you know, back at 7 a.m. again, you still got 40 milligrams of caffeine in your system before you even drink that next 300 milligrams of caffeine again. 
So we're constantly caffeinated. And now we're just walking around like this little sleep deprived caffeine zombie and we feel like shit. And we're just like, why am I so tired? I don't know what's going on. And you may have yourself a second energy drink throughout the day, which I don't suggest, especially if you're drinking these really, really high caffeinated versions because you've already maxed out your caffeine for the entire day. So you're just kind of putting yourself into this, um, this loop, uh, that is very difficult to get out of. So how can we break the cycle? Well, the first thing we can do is to make a conscious decision to just not drink things like that. I promise you, like promise you that you really don't need 300 milligrams of caffeine. And maybe it's not an energy drink. Maybe you're doing this before you go to the gym, like your pre-workout has 300 milligrams of caffeine in it. And let's say you work out in the afternoon, you work out after work. Do you want to put 300 milligrams of caffeine into your body at, let's say 5 PM because the half-life of caffeine is eight hours. So then you're gonna have a hard time sleeping. And maybe you're sitting here and you're like, dude, I do this all the time. I don't have a hard time sleeping. Okay. Imagine how much better you would sleep and imagine how much deeper your sleep would be if you weren't taking this much caffeine in the afternoon or taking this much caffeine at all. It's, it is entirely too much. It really is. I promise you don't need that much. And you know, if you hate coffee, um, but you want caffeine, you can try a tea or maybe if you don't like tea and you really, really want an energy drink, they do make energy drinks that are not terrible. Um, one of the ones I actually really like is called Yerba Mate. Um, it is tea based, but it doesn't taste like tea. They have like blueberry and I think blueberry and mint. Um, they have a couple different flavors that are very good. Uh, green tea, is also a really good, um, like clean caffeine source as well. Uh, Numa energy drinks are also ones that I would say are, you know, okay. If you want to try those. Um, but I also recommend not consuming any caffeine after two or 3 PM because even let's say, even if you just have a cup of coffee, that's got 60 milligrams of caffeine in it, by 11 PM, you're still going to have 30 milligrams of that in your system. So it's still going to affect your sleep in some way. Uh, so just trying to consume your caffeine in the morning, if you are going to consume it, uh, is going to help you a little bit better, like get that deeper sleep, um, when you do try to go to bed. And another thing that we maybe don't think about so much that's affecting us and causing us to feel exhausted is what we're eating. And you might think like, oh, duh, obviously. But for example, if I, for one week, for an entire week, if I eat wild caught salmon and like green veggies, um, and then for the next week, I just eat like McDonald's chicken nuggets. Do you think I'm going to have the same amount of energy levels on both of those weeks? The answer to that is a hundred percent without a doubt. No. And I know that you know that. And I'm not like just saying like, am I going to feel better the week that I'm eating wild caught salmon and greens versus the week that I just eat McDonald's? Yeah, obviously I'm going to feel a lot better, but overall my energy is going to be so 
much higher when I'm eating nutrient-rich foods. So our body makes energy from the food that we're consuming. And when we're consuming nutrient-poor foods like this, um, we're not giving our cells and our mitochondria what they need to properly produce energy for us. We're just, we're literally not setting ourselves up for success. That's like um, going to someone and asking them to build something for you and not giving them any building materials. It just doesn't work. So yes, I understand it's really easy to grab a protein bar or a packaged snack because, you know, we don't have the time. We don't have the time to go eat. We're so busy with work and school. And trust me, I get it. I really do. But that right there is a recipe for exhaustion and you are not setting yourself up for success. If you are doing everything else right, but you are still eating like shit, that is an uphill battle that you will not win, my friend. You will continue to feel exhausted. You can cut out caffeine completely from your life, uh, but if you're eating poorly, you're just not providing your body what it needs and you will be tired. So if we can kind of get that under control and we can start really small here, like if you're, let's say you're eating packaged or pre-made foods, um, three times a day, you can start by replacing one of those meals with something that you've prepared. And then you can just kind of step it up from there. And meal prepping isn't necessarily the most fun thing in the world. I know that, but it, it's helpful. Um, and if you're like me and you don't want to eat the same thing several days in a row, I totally feel that. But by making your own food, not only do you know what's in it because you made it and you put that in there, but you're getting a connection with it on a deeper level. And it's not just something that you got off the shelf or something that you got through a drive through window. That food was alive at one point, whether it was a plant or an animal, it was a living thing. And you're taking its energy and you are using that to create your own energy. And it's just so much more meaningful when you can connect yourself to the food and appreciate where it came from. And not just for the animal or the plant, but all the people that it took to grow that food, to harvest that food, or to raise that food, and then, you know, get it and get it to you and from the farm to you as the consumer. All of the people and the time and energy that went into that, uh, it, sometimes we get so disconnected from this, from all this process. And we just hardly even think about it. We drive up to a drive through window and we grab that Taco Bell bag and eat this burrito. But we're not thinking about this as a whole. Like, where did all of these things come from? Who was involved in this? What plants and animals were involved in this? And, you know, and just kind of showing that gratitude um, for being able to have that food, for being able to give ourselves that energy. So, you know, by preparing your own food, you can involve yourself just a little bit more in that process and you can just appreciate it on a little bit of a different level. Now, the last thing that I'm going to cover here is hormones and adrenal fatigue. So we are constantly putting chemicals on us, in us, around us, literally all day, every day. 
And a lot of these are hormone disruptors or endocrine disruptors. For example, I do not use Teflon pans because that coating is an endocrine disruptor. I do not buy berries um, or tomatoes, uh, things that I'm going to eat the outside of it, the fruits and vegetables. I do not buy inorganic. I only buy organic of those because I do not want to be consuming glyphosate. I do not want to be consuming these chemicals that are going to mess with my hormones. Along with, you know, the chemicals found on our food, there's chemicals and body fragrances that are known hormone disruptors. So like your perfumes, your body washes, your lotions, hand sanitizers, all of these things that we may not think of are affecting our body in in these different ways and is causing us to be tired. Plastic bottles, for example, they're among one of the worst endocrine disruptors, yet we use them all the time. We're using single-use plastic. Everything, everything is plastic. It's so hard to get away from. Like, you literally buy one thing from the store and it's got a plastic wrap on the outside of it and you take that off and then you've got to get through this plastic box and then inside of that, the thing's wrapped in plastic and then there might be a little plastic piece on, you know, whatever that is inside of there. And it's just, it's very difficult to get away from. And, you know, by putting our food in plastic things, by putting our food on plastic things, we are consuming some of that, those plastic bits, those microplastics. Recently, they found microplastics in human blood for the first time. So trying to stay away from plastic is very difficult, yes. um, But if you can avoid it, if you can make like a small decision to use a glass plate instead of a plastic plate or a metal fork instead of a plastic fork, small, small things like that. Or um, replacing your bottle, your plastic bottle with something else, you know, and by messing up our hormones, these have to be balanced in such a certain way for us to function properly as humans. And we are just causing ourselves to have adrenal fatigue or this chronic fatigue and being stressed as well. We are such a stressed society. We wake up and we've got, we're already in a hurry. We're already stressed out. I know traffic's going to be bad. I know I'm probably going to be late for work, even though I woke up early and I did all these things, but this happened and I spilled the dog's food all over the kitchen. And now I'm running out of the house with different colored socks and my car won't start. Like, you know, we're already so, so stressed out and we're just exhausting ourselves. And this is causing adrenal fatigue. So some of the things we can do here is just kind of stepping back, taking a breath, realizing it's not that bad and it's, it's going to be okay. Kind of whatever happens, whatever happened already happened. And so we can sit there and be stressed out about it, or we can try and take a step back and look at it and say, okay, this happened. How am I going to move through this, move past this, um, in a positive way. And I understand that's not easy. It's not always easy to look at a a situation of, oh my God, I'm late and I have a flat tire on the side of the road, but there's an opportunity in there somewhere. Maybe you've never had to change a tire before, 
well, here you go. Now you're going to learn. So if this happens again, now you know. Or maybe next time you're with somebody who gets a flat tire and they don't know. Now you can show them. There's always a, a little bit of positive in, in some things. So by trying not to stress so much and or doing like a little bit of meditation. And you can do this in the morning with your coffee. When you're doing your coffee ritual, you can just kind of do some deep breaths and some reflection maybe some gratitude, um, you know, just thinking of the first three things that you are grateful for today. You woke up this morning, you're able to have your coffee, you have a job or, you know, literally anything. You're grateful that it's not 150 degrees outside, you know, maybe you're grateful that it's not snowing. It can be whatever you want it to be. Back to our plastic <laughs> endocrine disruptors. How can we kind of, you know, get away from these? Um, and this one, like I said, is a little more difficult because every plastic is everywhere. Endocrine disruptors are everywhere. They are very, very hard to avoid. Um, for example, store receipts. This is something that I actually didn't know until probably about a year ago. But store receipts use um, a very high concentration of BPA which acts as estrogen. So BPA was originally created as a pharmaceutical drug for women who had low estrogen levels. The BPA, um, it, it didn't make it to the market because a better drug came along. And then I, I here's where I'm a little fuzzy on this. I don't know um, who or how they figured out that it made plastic more malleable but it does. And so that's why it's used in plastic. However, BPA was created to basically, you know, supplement estrogen in women. So when we're touching this, it's, you know, coming into our skin because our skin absorbs everything. Our skin's like a, yes, it is a protective barrier, but it it absorbs things. So whatever you're putting on your skin is your skin's basically eating it. So if you're touching these receipts, these, um, BPA coded receipts, you are absorbing basically that estrogen and men, let me tell you right now, you really, really do not want to be touching concentrated chemicals that act as estrogen in your body. Women, same thing. Even though we have estrogen, you don't want to be messing with these hormones. Um, like that. So I personally do not touch store receipts. If I have to, I will try and wash my hands, um, you know, as soon as I can afterwards. And here's a crazy thing is if you use hand sanitizer and then touch the receipt, you're going to absorb the BPA even more at an even higher concentration. Absolutely wild. Um, but I, I don't touch those. You can, you know, ask for a digital receipt. Most places do that now. And if they don't just ask them to put it in the bag for you or just don't take it. I don't know, but I, I really try not to touch those. Um, also you can change your plastic bottle to metal glass. I have a metal plastic or metal plastic of <laughs> a metal, um, water bottle that I take pretty much everywhere with me. And I just, you know, fill it up with water all the time. And that way, one, I always have water and two, I'm not constantly having to buy, um, plastic bottles because it's better for the environment anyways. 
Um, now you're not contributing to Trash Island or, you know, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch that's literally spanning the waters from North America to, J- to Japan. And it's so sad that we're doing this. Um, but yes, you can help. You can help you right there. Yes. Can make a difference by not using single-use plastic and not buying plastic water bottles. Um, you can also replace your fragrances, you know, with clean versions like organic or clean ingredient perfumes or body wash, uh, that doesn't contain fragrance. Essential oils also work really, really well as perfumes. My favorite thing is to mix grapefruit and bergamot with coconut oil. I think it smells so good and just like makes me happy throughout the day. And then I'm also not, um, putting toxic fragrance chemicals on me and my skin's not eating it. And, you know, so yeah, just try these things out. Try avoiding caffeine in the evening. And this goes for alcohol as well, because alcohol does impact your body's ability to deep sleep. So if you are going to be consuming your alcohol, try not to do it before bed, which I know is when most of us do that. But if you are trying to get good sleep, um, I do suggest staying away from alcohol before bedtime. Also try eating some more whole foods. Try changing your diet up a little bit. Uh, add some daily exercise in. You know, whatever that looks like for you. Maybe you're just going for a walk. And I promise you will see a huge difference in the way that you feel. You know, take care of your hormones and they're going to take care of you like they're supposed to. So don't forget to check out my handmade all natural personal care products that are now available on my website that do not contain fragrance and hormone disrupting chemicals. And since you guys are amazing, I do want you to have 10% off of your order. And that is every order. Just go to victoriaraycoaching.com forward slash shop, enter the discount code becoming natural as one word at checkout, and you can get whatever you want on there for 10% off. So no toxic shit, um, no chemicals. And as always, Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I really do appreciate each and every one of you. And I hope that these tips can help you sleep just a little bit better because you deserve to have the best sleep of your life. You deserve to wake up feeling rested. You absolutely do. So until next time, my friends, go out there and have yourself a great freaking day.